Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Oh yes, there is a great year of liberty coming in which all of the, uh, everyone will receive their new body and have the freedom that we've wanted from the beginning, right? Delivered from bondage. It shall be his, to the servant, it'll be his to the year of liberty. Then it shall return to the prince. Hmm. Does this have any parallel in scripture? Yes, it does. I'm going to prove it to you, Okay. Then it shall return to the prince. But as for his inheritance, it shall be for his sons. In other words, he's going to take this temporary gift out of the hands of the child or the servant and give it to the sons. Can you imagine? More, uh, and I will come back to that in just a second. Moreover, the prince shall not take of the people's inheritance to thrust them out of their possession he shall give inheritance to his sons out of his own possession. In other words, the sons are joint heirs with the high priest. Joint heirs. Who is Are the children the joint heirs? Well, only if they walk by faith, and then they're not children, they're sons, because you believe you have received, right? <laughs> okay? So it's line upon line here, little and there, little, right? He shall give of his inheritance to his sons out of his own possession that my people be not scattered every man from his possession. Isn't that cool? Hmm. Okay, so can we find uh, where God takes it away from the servants and gives it to the sons? Takes it away from the children and gives it to the sons. Yeah, Matthew 25. I want to read uh, 28 first of all. Take ye away therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him that hath the ten talents. There it is. Taking it away. This is when the Lord left on his journey and he uh, left talents, five, two, and one, to his servants and went on his way and, um, and uh, vowing to come back and settle up with them to see if they had borne fruit of the five, the two, and the one. Okay? And so he did. He found that the the five brought forth five more, and he called them uh, good servants, right? Faithful servants. And uh, told them to enter into the door of the Lord, right? He gave them a reward, Okay? And I believe that the ten talents is that hundredfold fruit. Okay. And he also had given uh, two talents to another. They brought forth two more talents, which is really all you can expect them to do, right? Because they brought forth the fruit of what was put in. In the ten talents, it was the same way. They were given five, they made five more. They brought forth the fruit of what was put in. Uh, You'll notice that Everybody's not given the same amount. But 
I believe that the hundredfold is the the ten talents, okay? Then there is the the two that brought forth two more, and you said basically the same thing. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord, right? And he that received that one talent went and hid his in the earth. Now that's what everybody does when they accept Jesus and they don't follow him. They do their own thing. They don't buffet their flesh. They don't conquer their promised land. They don't continue in sanctification of the word. They don't need to read the word. Their preacher knows everything. He's gone to school. He's gone to Bible school, got a certificate. So they just listen to the preacher on Sunday and then go on and do their own thing. That's hiding your talent in the earth. You're given a talent that God's given unto you, and you're burying it under your flesh, which is what came from the earth, right? So he said in verse 28, Take ye away, therefore, the talent from him, and he gave it unto him that hath the ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given. He that, in other words, if a person has fruit, he'll be given more. Notice, he took it away from the unprofitable servant, and he gave it to the son. And by the way, you might keep it until the year of liberty, and I believe that's, of course, when the saints are caught up to be with the Lord or resurrected to be with the Lord. And, uh, and that's when you're, you're going to find out. For unto every one that hath shall be given, he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not, that is, if he has not fruit, right, even that which he hath shall be taken away. So he don't have fruit, so we're going to take away what we did give him, right, and give it to him that has ten. And cast ye out the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. It's the unprofitable servant. Um, notice, these are bond servants of the Lord. These are servants of the Lord. These are what we call Christians. Verse 14, For it is when a man going into another country calleth his own servants and delivereth unto them his goods. Notice, his own servants. Now, this can be nobody but Christians. It's not the world. But many are called, but few are chosen. Cast ye out the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, you know, they complain. But he, he's he got ten, Lord. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. And uh, and he's going to have more. That's what Jesus said. The, the sons are going to have more. Okay. Now, we see it once again in Matthew 22, 8 through 14. Let's read that. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they that were bidden were not worthy. Now, what is the wedding? The the wedding feast or marriage feast is for seven days, and it represents the 70th week of Daniel, which is seven days. But we know that the 70th week of Daniel is seven years. Okay, seven days that are years. So the, the this is coming in the tribulation period. And he saith unto them, the, the wedding is ready, but they that were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the partings of the highways. Notice he's going to turn away from some people when the tribulation starts. Remember that when the disciples complained, but Lord, you're speaking to them in parables. They don't understand you. He says, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. He had already cut them off. And uh, when the man-child ministry starts, he's going to already have cut some people off. Already. Because here it is. 
The wedding is ready. You're getting ready to start the marriage feast. But they that were bidden, now that's, okay, that's called. The word bidden is the word called. Many are called, but few are chosen. So you can be in the larger called group and still not be chosen. And that's what he's saying here. Out to them that were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore in the partings of the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage feast. And those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good. Now that would have been bad and good to a Jew. That would have been bad. That would have been a Gentile, <laughs> an unbeliever. But when you gather them in, they're not. They're no longer unbelievers, right? And and good. That is people that were maybe right under the Old Testament or right under Christianity, and good to the best of their ability and knowledge. You know, and he he gathered both of them, and the wedding was filled with guests. But when the king came in to behold the guests, he saw there a man that had not on a wedding garment. Well, Revelation 19 tells us about the bride's garment, the lampros garment, and it says it's the righteous acts of the saints. You can't have the bride's garment if you don't have righteous acts. Okay, If you walk by faith, you will have no problem having righteous acts because the power of God will be with you. If you don't walk by faith, but you're satisfied just to be religious, uh, and you're not uh, stretching forth your faith to the prize of the high calling of God, and you're just walking in the flesh, you're not going to understand what's yours, and you're going to lose it. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. So, now wait a minute. Some people say this is in heaven, but no, it's not in heaven. How did this guy get to heaven without a a wedding garment, and how could he be cast out of heaven? He never made it there, because this is not heaven. This is the wedding feast on the earth, when the groom and the bride walk together, and the virgins uh, escort them uh, after the seven days to the groom's home, which is in heaven. Okay, How is the bridegroom here? The bridegroom is coming in the man-child, just as he did the first time. A son of David then, sons of David now. He is fellowshipping with the bride, okay, for seven days. And at the end, the virgins, their job is to escort. They're not the bride, by the way, never were. Their job is to escort the bride and the groom to the groom's home. Yes, they get to go to heaven. But the, the virgins and the queens and the concubines, they may all go to heaven. They may. I didn't say they will. And he was speechless because he thought, ha, ha, well, what happened to once saved, always saved? <laughs> or, or ultimate reconciliation, uh, 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 you know. Then the king said unto the servants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. Oh, that's the same thing happened to the guy that had the one talent and buried it in the earth. There shall be the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. For many are the called, but few are the chosen. The word called is the word bidden or invited. We are bidden. We are invited to partake of the marriage feast, which is the body and blood of Christ. Remember when Jesus went to the marriage feast and he turned the water into wine? Well, you do the same thing with the word of God 
in the six vessels, which represents the flesh, turns it into wine, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. What's the blood? The life of the flesh is in the blood. Jesus Christ's life represents his blood. He passes it on to us. Your mom and dad passed on their life to you. It was their blood, and it was full of sin. Okay, But Jesus isn't doing that. So we have to partake of the water, which is the word of God, which he turns into the blood of Jesus. And that was the marriage feast on the earth. <laughs> so so now we got a marriage feast coming at the beginning of the tribulation period where there's going to be a feast, a feast on the body and blood of Christ. And if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you, Jesus warned them. And by the way, what happened in John 6, 6, 6? That's right. A whole bunch of them departed. This is a hard saying. Who can do this? They departed. 6, 6, 6. Among the Christians? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Among those that believed him. Remember, we read that. Okay. It's only if you uh, follow in his word that you're his disciples, right? For many are called, but few are chosen. So now we see, once again, that there are people that are not going to bear fruit, that they're going to be cast out. And, you know, as we've noticed, too, others are going to come and take their place. Is it happening? Yeah, I suspect it is. But we haven't come to the beginning of the marriage feast yet. But, yes, I believe I can see it. And God good. Give us so many blessings. Undeserving, that's what we are. Well, look at um, Isaiah 65 and, and 9. And I will bring forth a seed out of Jacob and out of Judah, an inheritor of my mountains. And my chosen shall inherit it. My servants shall dwell there. No, he didn't say they would inherit it because these are servants and the servant only abides until the year of liberty, right? My chosen shall inherit it. They will be joint heirs with Christ. They will be owners of all things. And my servant shall dwell there. Hmm. My servant shall dwell there. But it doesn't say. I'm going to read on down just a little bit here. And Sharon shall be a fold of flocks, and the valley of Achor, or troubling, right? A place for herds to lie down in. For my people that have sought me. Hmm. For my people who have sought me. Not sought religion, which is not even a close facsimile. <laughs> Verse 11. But ye that forsake the Lord, that forget my holy mountain, that prepare a table for fortune, that's for the fortune of the old man, right? Yeah. And that fill up mingled wine unto destiny, mingled wine, mixed wine. Mm, not the pure body and blood of Jesus, right? I will destine you to the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called, You did not answer. And when I spake, you did not hear. But you did that which was right 
which was evil, in mine eyes, and chose that wherein I delighted not. Oh, you know, it's very clear the Lord wants us to be a follower of his. Uh, as he spoke to those that believed him, that if they continued in his word, they would be his disciples. And obviously, you know, some people have been told a lie, you know, that you just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. But here's Jesus is saying here clearly he does not accept everybody that accepts him. And truly, we have to accept him every day, not just once to step over the line. Then we can do what we want to do, whatever pleases us. When we wake up in the morning, who are we serving? What should we be thinking about? We, should, we better be thinking about following the Spirit of God from there on. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. They're, the sons are the inheritors. The servants, it's only temporary. Any gift that they get is a temporary gift. You see that? Well, I hope so. So, let's look at uh, Psalm 37, 7. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait for the Lord, they shall inherit the land. Amen. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. How is this? You're waiting to hear from the Lord. You want direction from the Lord. You're not going to take direction from your flesh. You're not going to take direction from fear, as we read a little while ago. Uh, You're not going to be moved by anything but the Spirit of the Lord. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Is the Spirit of God different from the New Testament? Well, no, he wrote it. But it's the nature in which you receive it that counts. He wrote the New Testament. You can't say, the Holy Spirit told me to do this when there's verses against it. A lot of people do that. When a demon comes in, that's the first thing they say. I'm following the Spirit. And they're not. They're following the flesh. And they're following some false doctrine that doesn't fit with the Scriptures, you see. And so, you know, that's why we have to keep putting that word in, that sun. Let the sunlight come into your soul and dispel the darkness. And what does it bring? Light. What is, who's the light? <laughs> Jesus, the Word, right? It brings the light, right? And the path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. That's God's promise. He said that. I know people say, this can't be done. Well, that's because they only have eyes for their flesh. They know they can't do it because they've tried and failed. And that's exactly what it's all about. People try and fail. That's part of the process. You have to learn that. You have to know that you're incapable of being a Christian. The only one that can be a Christian is Christ. And he he lives in those who have faith in him, who believe his words, and believe these words of sanctification, of being born again, of sonship, of all these manifestations that all prove the same thing. Jesus wants to come in you. Who's going to heaven? No one hath ascended into heaven, but he that descended out of heaven. (laughs) Nobody's going to heaven but Jesus. Nobody. And he is the word. And the word goes into your heart and recreates him, Christ in you, 
the hope of glory. That's how it goes. That's how it happens, you see. Okay. Um, Those that wait for the Lord, they shall inherit the land. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yep. Well, truly, truly, this is what happens. The destruction, the curse uh, takes people out when they're not under Christ because Christ bore the curse. He took away the curse. Most of Christianity does not believe that. They do not believe that Jesus bore the curse for them. They believe he bore their sins, but they don't believe he bore the curse that comes upon people who sin. Now, that doesn't make sense. If he bore the curse, if he bore the sin, certainly he would bear the curse of sin and of death, right? But they don't believe that. They don't believe you can be healed because Jesus bore that sin that comes because of the curse. They don't believe it. And, of course, they don't believe it because they're just not reading the Bible. They're letting men tell them what they can believe and what they can't believe. They're idolaters. They have fallen away from the Lord. They are separated from Christ by the laws of men. Right? Yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and he shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the land. Those that wait for the Lord shall inherit the land, in verse 9, and the meek shall inherit the land. You know what meekness is. Meekness is anything but what a self-righteous Christian is. Do you understand? They're very bold. (laughs) They're not very meek. They're very bold about what they believe, about what you can believe, about whether they can judge you because of what you believe. Oh, they're ready to do anything. They're just so totally puffed up with self-righteousness. And that we have to repent of. There's one Lord and one judge, right? But the meek shall inherit the land. What land? Yes, that promised land that we're supposed to be taken away from the Canaanites, all the ites, you know, the Canaanites of the land. They've been ruling the land. Hebrews 6 tells us that this life that we live in, this natural life, it is the land. And he told the Israelites to go in there and put the death those Canaanites, and take away their house and rule in that house and and plant their own garden and bear their own fruit. Don't let the old man rule you. So we're going to inherit the land. The Canaanites are dying off as we walk by faith because Jesus bore our sins. And he delivered us out of the powers of darkness, which are the demons that rule over the people of the land. Right? So he's done both of those for us. And now we're just to take up our sword and go on in there and take them out. Uh, In other words, you don't have to give in to lust. You don't have to give in to theft. You don't have to give in to lying. You don't have to give in to walking after your flesh. You don't have to give in to gluttony. You don't have to give in to these things anymore. Because Jesus was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Read Romans chapter 6. He made you free from sin. That's a word of faith there. And and you believe it and you confess it. He made me free from sin. I am delivered from sin. And I am delivered of the demons that rule over sin. I am free. He delivered me out of the power of darkness and delivered me into the kingdom of the Son of His love. 
in the kingdom of the Son. There you go. But the meek shall inherit the land and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. Them that are born after the flesh always persecute them that are born after the spirit. We just read it. The sons of the handmaid, under their own rules and regulations, they're going to persecute the sons of the free woman. The sons, right? And gnash upon him with their teeth. The Lord will laugh at him when he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow and cast down the poor and the needy to slay such as are upright in the way. Well, all throughout history, there have been those who have been upright in the way. And all that would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution at the hands of the handmaids, the sons of the handmaid, the Ishmaelites, the Christians' Ishmaelites, not the Jews' Ishmaelites. Okay, yep, they're born of Abraham, but, sorry, wrong woman. They do not inherit with those who believe the promises. Uh, Most of the church is totally inoculated against believing the promises. So they can't be the son of the, the free woman, and they can't bear the fruit of that son. Okay, And these others, they're always there. You know, Jesus was the stone which the builders rejected. And the Bible says that he was, that spirit of Christ was in those prophets in Second Peter chapter 1. What was that? They too were stones which the builders rejected. The Spirit of Christ lived in them. The Spirit of Christ lives in people today. The Spirit of Christ lived in Christ. And he was a stone that the builders rejected. And he's still a stone that the builders rejected. And he was in the Old Testament a stone which the builders rejected. The builders are representing God's people. They're supposed to be building the kingdom. Most of them are just building man's kingdom, but they don't know that. And so here comes Jesus in a prophet to tell them, you're not building my kingdom, you're building man's kingdom. And then they want to stone him. So what? which of the prophets didn't they kill, you know, for goodness sake? The stones which the builders rejected. Even today, it's the same way. Anybody that serves God and walks in righteousness and does the will of the Lord that he sent them to do, they will persecute. But he says he's going to slay them. He says, their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. I'm going to go on down, jump on down a little bit here, say verse 29. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Not just to the day of liberty, forever. Verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt thee to inherit the land. Wait for the Lord. See, lots of people don't wait on the Lord. They just go and do, you know. But the Lord said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the ones that will inherit forever. Okay, they're the joint heirs with Christ. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt thee to inherit the land. Well, you know, what if Christians come and invite you to go to their big party and so on and so forth? And you say, well, I like parties. Yeah, I'll be there. 
Uh, but did the Holy Spirit want you to party or did he want you to buffet your body and bring it into submission and find out what he wants you to do? He says, wait for the Lord. Find out what the Lord wants you to do. Don't say we're going to go here and do this or do that. But if the Lord wills. And I tell you, this is a time for prayer and fasting. Look around you. What's happening? What's happened in the church is happening in the world. Faction is everywhere. How can we avoid that first, that next world war in Revelation chapter 6 after the man-child comes? How can we avoid that world war, for goodness sake? Look around you. There is hatred and people self Righteous about Pizzagate, for goodness sake. Uh, you know, like they're, this is their right, you know. Uh, there, there's no conscience there whatsoever. They're Satanists, etc. And he will exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Only thou shalt behold with thine eyes and see the reward of the wicked. The Lord is going to have his people go 40 days into the great and terrible day or year of the Lord, and they will see the cutting off of the wicked, just like Noah in the ark. They will see the cutting off of the wicked. And I've seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green tree in its native soil, but one passed by, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man. Behold the upright, for there is a happy end to the man of peace. As for transgressors, they shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. And the Lord helpeth them and rescueth them. He rescueth them from the wicked and saveth them because they have taken refuge in him. So what do we see? Well, we see there's a parallel between sanctification, sonship, and born again, right? Amen. And all these speak about the same thing. They speak about coming into the image of Jesus Christ, which is what salvation is. When you look at Jesus, you're looking at what salvation is. How much of salvation do you want? 30-fold? Maybe 60-fold? 100-fold? Well, I hope that you're willing to count the cost and pay the price to have the 100-fold. It's there for us. You know, all you got to do is ask God. All you got to do is say, I don't want this life, Lord. I'm asking you to give me your best, which is Jesus Christ. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm accepting this gift. From now on, I'm walking in your steps. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm pressing forward to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, you've invited or called us to this high calling. We are bidden to come to the marriage feast. We are bidden to partake of the body and blood of Christ, like Jesus did at that marriage feast that he went to. We're bidden. We're invited. We have been invited. The world hasn't been invited. 
There many are called, not all are called. Many are invited. Those who are saved in their spirit are invited to be saved in their soul by partaking of the body and blood of Christ. Those who have been saved in their spirit now have the power to follow the Holy Spirit. And most of all, important to do is invite the Holy Spirit to come in and lead you and guide you. If, if he's not used to hearing your request, you may have to start over. <laughs> Lord, I want to know what you want me to do today. What do you have for me to do today? And be very interested in what he was, he's going to tell you. Be led of the Spirit. And you'll be sons of God. We're accounted righteous by our faith. Because we see the end from the beginning. We claim our sonship. We claim in the mirror Jesus Christ. And we're accounted righteous because of our faith. And so we just thank you, Lord. We want to see this manifestation of Jesus. So let's go back to First John. I spoke a little bit on it in uh, the first teaching. And I want to read verse 28. Now that you've got all this background, we can look at this and see this, right? And now, my little children, abide in him, that if he shall be manifested, faniru, make visible, cause to shine. In other words, uh, him shining forth from you, those glories, star glory, then Moon glory, then sun glory, right? From glory to glory. Into whose image? Sun glory. The sun, his image, right? And if he shall be manifested, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So that's a big if, you know, that's an if. Have you? Are you walking after Jesus? If you're walking by faith and you're putting one foot ahead of the other, and you're on the path of the righteous, which shineth more and more into the perfect day, right? If you're on that path, you're all right. Because you can only put one foot ahead of the other one. You can't put the fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth foot down yet. You haven't gotten there. You're not held accountable for those leadings of the Holy Spirit. You're accountable for the leading that he's given you now. You can only take one step at a time, right? And am I saying that you shouldn't uh, forsake all sin? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about the leadership of the Holy Spirit, right? Learn to be follow, to be a follower of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you all of your sins have been taken away, and you must walk by that every day. It's not like God has to take one sin out of your heart at a time. That's not what he's talking about, okay? And everybody that knows that knows it. <laughs> So if he shall be manifested, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And that is his parousia. That is his physical coming. And those people who have not uh, done anything with the talent that he's given them, well, they're going to be ashamed before him at his coming. And if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also that doeth righteousness is born or begotten of him. And this is the whole point. We have to be born as we saw in our first teaching on this, spirit and then soul and then ultimately body. And glory be to God. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. 
and such we are. He's talking about manifestation. For this cause the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. So, I mean, you know, as long as you are walking as a child, they don't see Jesus in you. They don't know you. They didn't know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God. It's not yet made manifest. In other words, this shining forth, right? What we shall be. We know that if he shall be manifested, we shall be like him. Oh, glory to God. We'll be like him. What is that? The son of God. Right? So if you're abiding in the son of God, who are you? Who abides? Who abided in the Son of God in Jesus' day? He did. Who abides in the Son of God today? He does. Who is he? He's a son. He's not a child. He's not a servant. He's a son. Now, are you abiding in him by faith? That means when you obey in your trial... The word of God, rather than your flesh, which always wants to get you out of the trial, right? Because the devil knows that if you obey in the midst of the trials, you're going to be a mighty force of destruction against his kingdom. And he doesn't want you to ever get there. So he's going to resist. But it's through trials that you enter the kingdom. Through much tribulation shall you enter the kingdom of God, right? It is through these trials that you're going to enter the kingdom and become a force that he can't deal with. He can't deal with the Son of God. He could have never even killed him except he laid down his life. And and it's the same situation now. It's not yet made manifest what we shall be, but we know that if he shall be manifested, and it's talking about in us, if he shall be manifested in us, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. Underline that. We shall be like him. If we shall be like him. It's not at all certain. But in both of these cases, in 3 and 28, and in, excuse me, in 2 and 28, and 3 and 2, there's an if there. Because, yes, you are a child of God, but will you be accounted as a son when he comes? 30, 60, and a hundredfold. We know that if he shall be manifested, we shall be like him. So if we're going to be like him and we look in the mirror and we see the real Jesus of the Bible, guess what all the churches are trying to do? Make you like them. And have you noticed Christians get into all that and they start acting just like the preacher. They start dressing like the preacher. They just, you know, they just, you know, they want to impress people. They have something, and they're very sectarian. They're very um, divisive. They're very factious when they get the spirit of religion in them, right? And they judge everybody, and that's the most dangerous thing you can do because that's unforgiveness. We know that if he shall be manifested, we shall be like him, for we shall see him even as he is. Now, it takes some study to see him as he is. You don't automatically see Jesus as he is. You're not familiar with Jesus. Unless you read the Bible, unless you put the light through your spirit man into your soul and dispel the darkness, you're not going to know who Jesus is. But we know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
But they tell us that he's changed. <laughs> he don't do this anymore. He don't do that anymore. He don't believe this anymore. And all we have to do is pay our tithes and sit on their pew and listen to them moralize us. But moralizing is not receiving regeneration. And that comes through faith. It comes by the power of God. Regeneration is that new birth, right? It comes by the power of God. The power of God always comes when we have faith. All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them. Oh, glory be to God. For we shall see him even as he is. So you keep seeing Jesus in the mirror, but what forms your vision of the mirror? Well, your revelation of the word. How are you going to come into the image of someone that you don't know? So we become familiar with the Holy Spirit who spoke and acted through Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God has spoken and acted. We become familiar with that Jesus. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would take of mine and declare it unto you. He will reveal to you who Jesus is. Is he the Jesus of 2,000 and something years ago? Or is he the Jesus of the religions today? Well, I'll let you make up your mind there. It's very, very important that you go and find out. And don't put your trust in any man. There are thousands of denominations out there. They all claim to be right. But if you... Don't sit down and read your Bible. You will not know you're sitting in an apostate institution there. That's never going to lead you to Jesus Christ. Why do I say that? Because all religions in Jesus' day were apostate. All of them. They were the works of man. And he came to call his sheep by name and lead them out of that sheepfold. And, of course, the Pharisees and Sadducees were very angry about that. And he was leading off all of what they thought were their sheep. But they weren't their sheep. They belonged to him. And he gave parables about that. How he lent out the, the vineyard to husbandmen and they didn't bring forth the fruit. And when the son came to collect the fruit, <laughs> they killed him. And they're still doing it today. And they did it all through the Old Testament. He was the stone that the builders rejected. How is it that the people that are called the builders are always rejecting the Son of God? No matter who he speaks out of. He said, even if it's the least of these, my brethren, whatsoever you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. You've done it unto me. And if he shall be manifested, we shall be like him, for we shall see him even as he is. And everyone that has this hope set on him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Purifieth himself. You say, I thought only the Lord could purify us. Well, the Lord is the one that empowers you to purify yourself. Right? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Even as he is pure. So just reminding you here. Even as he is pure. They say that's not possible. You're always going to be a sinner saved by grace. (laughs) That's not the gospel. That's the antichrist gospel. It's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. Be it unto you according to your faith. You will come into the image of the son of God. If you believe the end from the beginning, and the end is Christ in you, the 
hope of glory. The end is purification of yourself. You have the power to cast down every sin and every power of Satan over your life. You have the power. He delivered you out of the power of darkness. He made you free from sin. You have the power to walk away from your flesh, to cast it down like the Canaanites were cast down. Everyone that hath this hope set on himself, on him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And everyone that doeth sin doeth also lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away sins. So Jesus shone forth in that body of the son of David. It really was a body of the son of David through Mary, the seed of the woman. Well, bruised the serpent's head, right? The seed of the woman. So uh, it really was David's line through Mary that gave him that body. And um, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Came in that likeness. And even in our day, we have Christ in you, the hope of glory. That seed was sown in you when God gave you a new spirit. It began. He gave you the spirit of Christ, which is not the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of Christ. Jesus had his own spirit that was empowered by uh, the Holy Spirit. He had to be made in all things like unto his brethren. He had to be made in all things. He was made the way we are. Yet without sin. Okay? So what did he prove when he came to be a sinless lamb? Well, he proved he was available to be the sacrifice. And he was the sacrifice. And he also proved that he could come and walk in that flesh and still overcome it. And he proved it to us and he showed us. And You know that he was manifested to take away sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. See, when you sin, you step out of the body of Christ. And if you live enough of your time outside the body of Christ, you will never grow. You'll never bear fruit. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither knoweth him. A person who walks in willful sin, they have turned their will over to the devil. In Romans chapter 7, the thing that Paul said was, he said, The good that I would do, I do not, and the evil which I would not, that I do, who shall deliver me? And then he decided, I thank God through Jesus Christ. And he said, Since the good that I would do, I do not, is no longer I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. So he knew that there was a sin manifested in him still. But he believed in the sacrifice. And he believed that Jesus took, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. He was believing that the sacrifice had taken away his sins. Not just covered them up. That's a false doctrine. That's an Old Testament doctrine, by the way. You never come into the New Testament yet, if you still just believe that. It's taken away your sin, the very nature of sin. He took it away. He nailed it to the cross. He gave you his life. 
That's why he passed on his blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. We no longer have to deal with the blood of our parents. God dealt with it on the cross. Now he wants us to believe. Just believe. If we believe, we'll be able to do. He will empower us. He said, My little children, let no man lead you astray. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous, even as he is righteous. And he that doeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. To this end was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, amen. Where are the works of the devil? Well, they're they're in mankind. You know, the dragon of Revelation 12 is just a parable about the devil in mankind. The seven heads are the seven um, ruling kingdoms, world ruling kingdoms that conquered God's people from the beginning. Egypt and Assyria and Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome, uh, revived Rome. Those are those seven heads. And that's the whole world. And the ten horns are the ten continental divisions ruled over by the ten kings. And by the way, um, they're crowned in the middle of the tribulation period. Not now, as some people think. They're, they're crowned then. So, so uh, yes, they are there, but they are not crowned. The crown is on the heads. The different um, entities that were uh, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome, and revived Rome. Those entities are still with us today. All of their seed are still with us today in the UN, right? We should get out of the UN, by the way. It would be smart. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doeth no sin, because his seed abideth in him. He doeth no sin. Now you know what born of God is. You're born of the word. You're sanctified, meaning separated from sin unto God. Born of God. You are a son of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Because when you look in the mirror, you see the son of God, right? Your childhood is just something you're passing through to get to there. And if you're walking by faith, you will pass through and get to there. Because, you know, you're accounted righteous by your faith. You're accounted a son of God by your faith that he took away your sins. Now, if you don't believe he took away your sins and you're always going to be a sinner saved by grace, you do not believe the gospel. You can't look at yourself in the mirror and see Jesus. There's no way. Because his seed abideth in him, he cannot sin. What is it? What does the devil come to steal? The seed which is sown in your heart. Why? Because that seed is the word And it brings you into the image of the Son of God, and he can't do anything with him. He's afraid of him because he is born of God. When you're born of God, the seed abides in you. The word abides in you when you're born of God. That's what it's saying there. It hasn't been plucked out, which the devil seeks to do. People start believing something, and if it doesn't happen the way they they think, or there are no patience in their faith, uh, it gets stolen. They say, it didn't work. Oh, yeah, when did you say you no longer believed? <laughs> At what point down the trial of your faith did you say, I no longer believe? Well, of course, when you say it didn't work, 
We had some very foolish, factious people said, oh, uh, these are false prophecies. They haven't come to pass. When did you have the right to say when they would come to pass? And verse 10 says, in this, the children of God are manifested and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Amen. So, we're called to be sons of God. Oh, what awesomeness, you know. I mean, and into his image, into his righteousness, into his purity, he purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Oh, glory be to God. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You're, you're, uh, those steps are a knowledge. You know what's right, you're taking a step. You know what's right, you're taking a step. There are things that we don't know, and we're not, they're not held against us. Ignorance is an excuse of the law of God in the New Testament. Well, Father, Father, we pray that um, your people will get this awesome revelation of your salvation and how big it is and how great it is and how all-inclusive it is. And this awesome revelation of the manifestation of the sons of God who are going to set the groaning creation free. This awesome revelation of sanctification, spirit, soul, and body. This awesome revelation. uh, you've, You've told us so many different ways that we should be able by one of these paths to come to the truth of the gospel. Lord, um, send forth your mercy and your grace to your people who are in bondage. They must see through their idolatries with men and religions. And Lord, we know you're coming to do that. We know you're coming to manifest uh, in the man-child ministry, in the two-witness ministry, in the bride ministry. And we know that you're coming to show the whole world who you are so they can see you in the mirror, so they can accept the gospel. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, okay, saints, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. And please, uh, you probably can't absorb all this in just one sitting. You may have to listen to this a couple or three times, as some people have told me about the others. They listened and listened and listened. You know, get it down in your soul. Get the light in your soul. The light will just. Take out the darkness. Amen? All right. Well, God bless you and good night. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus.
trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? The shining rays of red and white. Jesus, I trust in you. Mercy seated for all time. I am yours and you are mine. Lord Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, my Lord Jesus, oh Jesus.